everyone, Scott Myers here, and this podcast is sponsored by the Self Storage Academy, which is going back live by popular demand for the first time since the pandemic shut us down last year. Now, the event will be held February 25th through the 27th at the luxurious Florida Hotel in sunny Orlando, and it's been totally revamped to give you the tools and resources to successfully find, evaluate, negotiate, finance, structure, and manage self storage facilities in our new environment, which is, as we know, has benefited our industry greatly. There has never been a better time to invest in self storage, and my team and I have been preparing for the opportunities that the next recession would provide both the seasoned and educated self-storage investors and folks that time is now. And rest assured, we are prepared and we want to ensure that you are as well. So to make 2021 the year that you launch and grow your self-storage business, we bundled our award-winning self-storage home study course, which has just been updated, and we packaged it with two tickets, two tickets to the Orlando Academy, along with tickets to our virtual academy for those who can't make it or just aren't ready to go live at this time. And we're making all this available for only $997. That's $2,500 off the list price. So grab your seat before they're gone by going to selfstorageinvesting.com forward slash Orlando to grab the bundle and to reserve your spot in Orlando February 25th through the 27th at the Florida Hotel. That's selfstorageinvesting.com forward slash Orlando. And we'll see you there. This is the Self Storage Podcast, where we share the knowledge and skills from the industry's leading investors, developers, and operators to help you launch and grow your self-storage business. I'm your host, Scott Myers, and over the past 16 years, we have acquired, developed, converted, and syndicated over 2 million square feet of self-storage nationwide with the help of my incredible team at selfstorageinvesting.com, who has helped thousands of people achieve greatness in self-storage. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Self Storage Podcast. I am your host, Scott Myers. And for today, what we are going to do is a solo podcast, no guest, no interview. As we are heading into 2021, we have a lot of changes that are planned over here at selfstorageinvesting.com and including our podcast in which I'm going to be doing a more solo podcast, more teaching, more instruction, more resources and tools for how to take advantage of the opportunities that exist and are being created in our market right now that the pandemic and the research have brought and folks now is the time to act and what I would like to do is today I want to focus on how we beat the competition so once you get into a facility and for those of you that already own a facility we have a number of folks that are asking how do we beat the competition how do we go up against um, the REITs the real estate investment trust the big guys down the street or across the street or what happens when they come into the marketplace so this has been coming up uh, very often and sometimes it stops would-be self-storage investors from getting into the business to begin with, feeling as if they can't compete, or these are the only folks that are in the marketplace that are buying things up, and how can I compete on the acquisition side, let alone on the side of uh, operations, if I have these competitors in my marketplace. In many markets, the REITs have been very, very aggressive in their development and acquisitions, as well as then their lease-up measures by reducing uh, rates and using the resources that they have to be able to make a dent in the marketplace when they come in. So before everybody gets discouraged before getting getting into the business. And for some of you who are facing some of that stiff competition, this solo podcast, this episode is going to be focusing on just that, how to beat them, how to beat the national players, um, the REITs, if you will. So let's face it, um, the bigger conversation is, is that, you know what, our competition is smart. They do have resources, they have money, they have the wherewithal, they have a number of smart folks, individuals that are working for them, they have history and experience behind them. So the good news is, is that they leave 
leave a trail. And so what we've been doing for the past 15 years is we watch what they do. We're not going to try to outsmart them because they do have more money. They do have more resources. Yes, we come up with creative ideas and we've been very successful at deploying different marketing campaigns. And many times, in many cases, in certain markets and at certain facilities, we've been able to out-hustle them and we've been able to work a little bit harder and just a tad smarter to be able to make a dent in the occupancy that they are enjoying or gaining in the marketplace. But ultimately, we're watching what they do and we reverse engineer what they're doing. And we are allowed to also put our own spin on some of these techniques and these strategies and then put that into the marketplace and deploy it a little bit faster and with a little bit greater precision because our folks in many cases care a little bit more about the facilities that that we are involved in versus the big guys. Not in every case, but in many cases uh, we do. And so what we do is many times we are looking to them to set the pace, set the bar, the areas that we can learn from them, but we also partner with them. In many instances, we are managed. Our facilities are managed by these third-party REITs. They are third-party managers of several developments all across the, the country. I've develop partnerships with a number of the folks in the acquisitions departments so that when we're out scouring and looking for sites or buildings to convert or when it's time for us to sell a facility or multiple facilities, then I'm contacting those folks um, before taking it out to the marketplace uh, with a brokerage firm and seeing if they are interested in buying those from us or even projects that we aren't, aren't going to take on. If there is a deal that can be struck in terms of a finder's fee, a referral fee, then we will contact those folks and pass those projects along to them. And then ultimately, what we're looking to do in many of our sites that especially those that we syndicate and we have our partnerships in we're looking to sell those in three five seven years or so and the goal from most of what we're developing and buying and converting right now are projects that will fit the needs of the REIT as they are growing their portfolios uh, some these projects are, are some projects that they would want to purchase so we know that in many cases first of all they have the ability to transact and second of all they're typically paying higher multiples if we put forth a product that fits uh, the mold and they can roll it into their program very seamlessly with what they already have in place with the economies of scale and their infrastructure they're willing to pay a little bit more for that than having to start from scratch and find their own site but before that is done as we are looking to and for those of you who have no desire to do any of that to um, sell off and you're looking to hold how do you compete against them well Let's just assume all things being equal, we can either look to reasons or make excuses as to why they may be performing, their site is performing better than ours. So let's just take that off the table. Let's just say that we're comparing oranges to oranges, all things being equal. Let's assume that you have a facility on one side of the road, they have a facility on the other, and there is no advantage in terms of a median or a left turn only or right turn only, okay? Same location. You're in the same market, obviously. You've built the exact same facility. You've got the same architect and the builder, and you too have built the exact same facility. Your marketing plans are exactly the same. You're using the same technology for people to get into your facility and lease a unit and pay rent. Um, you have a responsive website and they have the ability to rent a unit and or pay their rent with a smartphone. Uh, you have the same resources, the same budgets, same everything. Okay, let's just take everything else off the table in terms of a variable. So what is the difference? What are you left with? What is the differentiator? It is the people. At the end of the day, it's the people that are deploying those strategies, the people behind the counter, the 
management company or managers who are managing the people behind the counter, the regional supervisor who are overseeing those people that are behind the counter, and it is also the people in the marketing department, whether that's you or whether there is no marketing department, it is you or one person. How are they deploying these, these capital resources and the marketing campaigns? Do you have in your organization or at one of these sites, is there just a caretaker who's sitting there watching the clock, waiting to get paid, the person behind the counter, they get gets paid regardless of how many units they rent that day, how many upsells, and uh, what the occupancy is at the facility? Or do you hire rock stars? They get it and they want it. In other words, they get the business, they understand the goals of what you're trying to achieve. They want to be a part of something rather than to be a clock watcher and just getting paid to do nothing because they don't want the responsibility, they don't want the stress, and they have no desire to do any better for themselves or for the owners or the facility itself or their clients. That is the difference. Are you hiring rock stars? Do they get it and do they want it? And have you built a framework for them to really want it? So this all comes down to making sure that you have the right people in place when hiring them. So as we post for a position, whether it's the person that is at the store level or anywhere else in our organization, our job description is very, very specific. We want to narrow the field as much as possible for those folks that are looking to work with us or looking for a job in general. As a matter of fact, if they're looking for a job, that's not necessarily what we provide. So we will go to LinkedIn because it is a, a place for typically B2B. They, it is a place for professionals. We will go to the self-storage industry forums and look for those folks as well and uh, post in the appropriate places that we have a position that is op open. Also referrals. Um, we certainly like referrals. Anytime that we can get a referral from somebody who we trust and respect and is a hard worker and espouses all of the core values that we do, then we certainly appreciate the referrals of their friends and family and coworkers or associates that may want to work for us as well. Also, let me make it clear here. We are not in the business of poaching and I don't recommend that you do either. So don't make it a habit or don't at all go into your competitor's facility and begin to talk about how great it is to work for you and try to persuade the folks behind the counter of the other facility to come and uh, work for you. That is a no-no. And at the end of the day, uh, we operate from a place of in integrity. Besides, that's not a reputation that you want. And these are your friendly competitors, meaning that we have referral programs set up with them. And so that we are trading. If we're out of a size of unit, we're sending our folks over to our competition and hope that they do likewise. So yes, this environment is a little different than what some are used to, but we operate from a place of collaboration as much as we can with our friendly competitors in the marketplace, so do not poach. Now, you must review the applications, meaning don't leave this to a firm. Don't leave this to uh, somebody else in the organization who doesn't also have as much uh, to risk and uh, have as much at risk. So you must review the application and then have a second set of eyes on this before the interview. So somebody else that is trusted in your organization to be able to take a look at and vet the folks out before you conduct an interview. I use it within the job description before anybody sends their resume in, if you will, or their interest in a position. I use a little tripwire. I want them to do a task. Send me a video, a quick video of the reasons why you feel that you can make a difference in our organization. Or, hey, go take a look at our, our website and tell me what stands out the most about this. Or find a mistake, if you would, or something that we can do better from what you've seen at our website or in this job description, something along those lines. And guess what? If the application comes in and they didn't do 
do their basic homework assignment and um, and this could be done even before the first interview you can do it here or elsewhere at the end of the day if I'm going to sit down across the table from someone or across a zoom call from someone who is interested in working with us for us then if they can't follow the basic information of how to move move forward and do the most basic of steps then I would certainly not want to interview that person then I'm going to develop a profile based upon my core values uh, you know, we follow traction the entrepreneur operating system a book written by Gino Wickman and uh, many of you may have heard of this and when you when you clear on your core values you know we develop the profile that, of a person that we're looking for based upon that and that um, comes out in our job description but again we define um, very clearly and distinctly the job and what it looks like in a written description so that nobody has any surprises when they come in for the interview or ultimately if we hire them. Now, could you hire a headhunter, somebody else to go out, a professional staffing executive to go out and find the right person? It depends upon the position I believe that you are hiring for. I don't think this is always necessary and sometimes it could be costly, but um, if you simply don't have the time and you want to have somebody else who has more experience to do this, you certainly could do so. I've done this in the past. At the end of the day, I still prefer to do more of this uh, on our own. I would recommend, however, that you also do a standardized test. Um, you pick which one. There's a number of them out there, whether it's a Colby test, Myers-Briggs, um, even Enneagram, uh, PSP metrics. Whatever you choose, make sure that your core values are in there so that they match up against that. Yes, we want to look at a basic skill set and uh, aptitude, but more importantly, as you can see, we hire upon core values. The rest can be handled by training. So what are we looking for? Well, um, in terms of traits outside of the core values, problem solving. Can they solve problems? And our testing tests specifically for that. You know, as Seth Godin says, uh, you know, the world doesn't need somebody to go through public school to learn how to fill out essays and also to, you know, answer tests that are driving towards a certain aptitude. You know, the world needs leaders and problem solvers, and that's what we're looking for, um, specifically problem solving. So we put a high level of importance on problem solvers, and that is built into our testing. Energy levels, planning and organizing, multitasking skills, interpersonal skills, frustration tolerance, assertiveness, follow-up, and customer orientation. So those are the areas that we test upon in our customized testing format that we send out to our folks when they get to, to that place. So the goal is, is that each hire is treated the same. There's no compromise. We treat everybody the same. We hire upon our core values. There is nothing that we do or look at that, well, certainly doesn't discriminate, but doesn't keep anybody from working in our organization. Everybody is hired the same. There is no compromise. You have to score exceptionally well in all of those areas before you are even considered to work with us. So I don't care if it's a referral from a family member because this person is the greatest hairstylist they've ever had. If they don't pass these tests and share our core values, we're not going to put them in charge of our multi-million dollar self-storage facility. Performance-based compensation is also key. There has to be a piece of the compensation that is at risk. Hourly rate clock watchers need not apply. A portion of our compensation is based upon performance, and those are key performance indicators or KPI metrics that we set for at the facility level and all the way on through. So we are always we're setting a baseline, and then we are always striving to improve upon that, and then we compensate accordingly by way of commissions and or bonuses. We also create a system to reduce turnover, increase productivity, eliminate loss of opportunity, by not having the right people in the right seat. So that is ultimately what all of this system is about. And that's what we have done to not burn people out or have them 
met with unrealistic expectations so that they can't reach their bonuses or their goals that we have as an organization. We found and we've seen that great companies become great because they hire the right people and not the cheapest. And, and again, just because you like the person behind the counter at whatever service-based uh, organization you deal with on a regular basis doesn't mean that that person is the person that you should put behind the counter or at a regional supervisor level or in customer service unless they pass your test and they match your core values. So as Jim Collins puts, as he talked about in Good to Great, you get the right people on the bus, the wrong people off the bus, and the right people in the right seats. That's how you build a winning organization. And speaking of Seth Godin, as I mentioned earlier, we need to teach people two things, and that's how to lead and how to solve interesting problems. Because the fact is, there are plenty of countries on earth where there are people willing to be obedient and work harder for less money than us. So we cannot out-obedience the competition. Therefore, we have to out-lead or out-solve the other people. And that's the approach that we take when we hire folks in our organization. Steve Jobs of Apple put it, The secret of my success is that we have gone to exceptional lengths to hire the best people in the world. And uh, folks, if you don't think that that is uh, important and attributes to your success, then uh, try the opposite and uh, put the least expensive person without any vetting in a warm body into several of those missing holes in your organization and see how well and how fast you achieve success. And I would bet that the process that I've laid out um, is going to bear a little more fruit than that. So folks, if you enjoyed this, these are the types of things uh, and more that we talk about and we teach at the Self Storage Academy. So again, if you are interested in coming down for three days in Orlando and immersing yourself in the room with a whole bunch of self-storage rock stars, as uh, along with other folks that are learning to get into the business or are looking, learning to scale their business, then go to selfstorageinvesting.com forward slash Orlando. Our next live event coming up in Florida, in Orlando, February the 25th through the 27th. And again, we have uh, put together a bundle for you that includes the home study course, which is new and improved, two tickets to the live academy, and again, the self-storage virtual academy tickets to that as well. This is normally $3,491 if you were to buy all of those separately, all yours for $997. This is our coming out of COVID first live event since we went uh, dark after the last Orlando meeting in a year and back by popular demand. And we've had a number of folks that are ready, anxious, and willing to go to Orlando to come uh, meet with us and launch their self-storage career in our market right now that is producing the greatest opportunity that we've seen for the biggest land grab in self-storage since I've been investing in self-storage for the past 15 years. So selfstorageinvesting.com forward slash Orlando. Go there, grab your seat, grab the bundle, and we'll look forward to seeing you there or on our next podcast. All right, take care, be well. Hey gang, wait, three things before you leave. First, don't forget to subscribe to the Self Storage Podcast and turn on your notifications so you never miss another episode. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review if you like the show. Second, be sure to share your favorite episodes and more via Instagram and don't forget to tag us. And lastly, head to the links in the show description and hit the follow and subscribe button on Twitter and Facebook to get a front row seat as we grow and scale our business and bring you along with us. Take care.